It smelled of olden times, of past places and things, of those celluloid spools hung along metal racks, loose film curling downwards like monkey tails. It was the dusty, vinegary odour of dangerous, potentially flammable substances that evoked memories of a pre-digital age when everyone smoked and had plenty of excuses for not knowing better. I felt nostalgic for about as long as it took it to trouble my sinuses, then I wanted out. Can you show us precisely where the film should have been? I tried to keep the irritation from my voice, but Italians would insist on their lengthy preambles. I usually went along with them, but I usually wasn't cooped up in an airless anteroom. Through a perspex window running the length of the wall, I could guess where the next door led. A bright sterile contrast with this gloomy past. A properly airtight lab peopled by workers kitted out in hooded white boiler suits as they painstakingly restored frame after precious movie frame on high-tech machines. I was explaining how the Moviola machine worked. The chief archivist stood before a green metal beast with four legs, pedals, and between a pair of chunky, shoulder-like canisters, a viewfinder sprouting toward us. I turned to Dolores. I think we've got it, haven't we? I was interested in what the Signora was saying about sound. I've always wondered why our old movies appeared dubbed, even when all the actors were Italian, and they were clearly speaking Italian. But I don't see how that relates to the missing negatives, I said testily. Unless you have any suggestions, Signora. I couldn't say. I mean, you're the detectives. She fingered the chunky wooden beads of her necklace like a rosary. It had probably been picked up on holiday in Africa or South America with the kind of tour group that specialised in detail-hungry teacher and librarian types on a modest budget. She was wearing a similarly bizarre-bought, densely-patterned silk shawl above a loose-fitting, dark cotton dress, along with sandals made out of recycled materials. Her grey hair was tied back with a burnt orange elephant print band. "'It's the atmosphere in here,' I said. Would you mind if we stepped outside? That would be the cellulose nitrate, she said loftily. She nodded to her assistant, a skinny young woman dressed head to foot in black with matching oversized glasses. We are currently restoring a print of Buster Keaton's The Electric House, a full-length feature from 1923. We were sent it by Yale Film Labs. We followed the assistant through a side exit onto a platform overlooking a brick-walled former factory space, now the Chinebo Library. Signora Varese rattling on about the technical challenges that had defeated even the Americans. Chinebo was the preeminent film lab in Italy, and one of the best in the world, holding tens of thousands of films in its archive in a former tobacco factory situated only five minutes across the road from our office in Via Marconi. It was a huge presence in Bologna, a film city inside the walls, comprising not only of the archive and restoration wing, but also, across the scrappy Parco Settembre 11th, a cinema complex on the site of a former slaughterhouse, plus a giant screen every summer in the main square, Piazza Maggiore, which featured a range of films, from recent restorations to popular movies and classics, often accompanied by a live orchestra, free to the public. Projected against the backdrop of those Renaissance arcades and the looming copper-green dome of Santa Maria della Vita, it was Cinema Paradiso on steroids. So, in a sense, and certainly in a very Italian sense, where municipal trumped national pride, 
We all had a stake in keeping news about the missing movie quiet, especially with the pending arrival of legendary American director Indigo Adler to film a remake of Amore su una lama di raso, which he had decided to rechristen Love on a Razor Blade, and the much-heralded screening of a fresh print of the original at Cinebo, which was scheduled to be introduced by the renowned director. Only when the time had come to book the negatives out, they were nowhere to be found. In contrast to the library, where through the arched windows the spring sky was painted an unmistakably Italian azure, the windowless archive could have been anywhere in the world. This was where those thousands of films were stored, neatly stacked in flat grey boxes on metal racks, their titles written in thick black felt tip. 